This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges. Cannot play with him. Rick Goslin. Cannot win with him. And Clark Judge. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. I want winners. Just a reminder, the Talk of Fame Network is sponsored by GEICO, where just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. More details? Go to Geico.com, and you probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. Our next guest was one of the first ever to be on this program, I think somewhere around three years ago, and he was one of the best. I'm talking, of course, about Hall of Fame defensive back Aeneas Williams, who was an eight-time Pro Bowler, five-time All-Pro, member of the 1990s All-Decade team, and most important, one of our favorite guests. Aeneas, welcome back. Glad to be back, Clark. So glad to be with you, Ryan and Rick, and... Appreciate the work that you guys do with the arduous task of making those final selections with the Hall of Fame. Well, thank you very much. Um, Aeneas, first question. We've been talking here, speaking about the Hall of Fame, the Hall of Fame's Class of 2017 finalist, and you're in a perfect position to comment on them because you played with and against Kurt Warner and Isaac Bruce, and you had to defend T.O. Terrell Owens. I want to start with Kurt Warner. You had to defend some of the best quarterbacks in league history, and you played alongside this guy. What makes Kurt Warner Hall of Fame worthy? Wow. Man, where do I start? If we just talk about the football field, when it comes down to I've had the unique challenge or opportunity to play with them, obviously in St. Louis, Clark, but also to see what Kurt was able to do going over to my former team, uh, the Arizona Cardinals. But I can tell you, when I first was traded to the St. Louis Rams, and in practice, I realized immediately Kurt was different from a lot of quarterbacks that I had experienced because plays that I would have normally made in practice, certain balls that I thought are shoulder placement with quarterbacks being able to read the shoulder placement, whether the quarterback's shoulders were turned toward the sky, I could tell whether they were throwing the ball to a deep corner or they're going to throw it in a, in, a, um, in a flat, in a shorter distance. I was not able to determine where Kurt was throwing the ball. So from Kurt's ability to put the ball in place where receivers had the opportunity to obtain what we call yak yards, yards after the catch, Kurt was one of the best. I remember prior to coming to St. Louis, I remember watching, a, I think it was a preseason game. It was the year after uh, they had Kurt and uh, the, the Rams had won the Super Bowl against the Titans. I think they played the Titans again that next year uh, in preseason in Tennessee. And because the Titans had lost that Super Bowl, it was a real hype game. And I remember just seeing it and, and the fans so excited about that game like this was a rematch. And I remember Isaac Bruce, I think it was, ran a deep comeback, fell down in his route, and the ball hit Isaac in his chest on the ground. So when I think about uh, accuracy of, of Kurt Warner and his ability to get the ball out in a timely fashion with the precision to give his receivers, as well as Marshall and those tight ends, the, the ability to not get take uh, absorb strong hits but also have the ability to run after the catch. Those are some of the characteristics of some of the great quarterbacks that I played against. And in St. Louis with, with Bruce and Holt and even Oz Hakeem, did the receivers make the quarterback or did the quarterback make the receivers? <laughs> That's a great question. I 
I'm a firm believer if someone asks me what comes first, the chicken or the egg, <laughs> I believe with all my heart the quarterback, uh, certainly you have the great receivers, you have them, and we can list them over and over again. But what I found over my time of playing, the quarterback's ability to get the ball to receivers in a timely fashion and in ways that sometimes when they go across the middle, you see a, you see a quarterback – Many times the fans may not know that ball was deliberately thrown behind in order to give an indicator to that receiver, slow down because he keeps running, danger is lurking. <laughs> that quarterback position, is, as we know today, that quarterback position is now, and I always thought was, the key to any team's success. It's funny you say that because that's what, that's what uh, all Brady's receivers say about him. That he not only throws him the ball, he throws him in a place where they're not going to get killed and they're going to be most able to get yards after the catch. He's basically pointing them in a direction. You know, it's here, it's there. Well, I can tell you guys about a quarterback, and this is from a defensive perspective. I knew no matter what the situation was, no, no matter how far we were down in a game, if we as a defense were able to get the ball – to the offense, and Kurt had an opportunity, along with that offense, we will legitimately win a game. And when you, when I look at whether it's the Green Bay Packers or whether now it's the young Dak, uh, Dak Prescott, when you look at Tom Brady, at the end of the day, when great quarterbacks play against each other, it usually boils down to which quarterback has the ball at the end of the game. We can go back to Super Bowl 2001. Tom Brady had the ball at the end of the game. Go back to the Rams. Kurt had the ball, but then the defense was able to stop the Titans. When I think of the Pittsburgh Steelers and Arizona Cardinals, Kurt lost the game. Why? Rottlesberger had the ball at the end of the game. It is a key to a successful team because great teams usually play close games. Eli Manning beating Tom Brady. Look at who had the ball at the end of the game. We're speaking with Hall of Fame defensive back Aeneas Williams on the Talk of Fame Network, and you can find us on the web at talkoffamenetwork.com and on Twitter at, at Talk of Fame Net. And Aeneas, as you know, there are two wide receivers in this class, and I'll ask you the loaded question, uh, and one, of course, which you can't be impartial on, but which would you rather have, Isaac Bruce or T.O.? Wow. How about I, I, I take the fifth and I said I'd rather have them both because, <laughs> one, much. let's start with Isaac. I remember in 1994, Isaac being a rookie. I think that was the year Isaac came in, and I remember being in Arizona. And I'm almost sure at that time, Isaac was an outstanding gunner on the punt team. I don't know how much he was playing as a rookie at the receiver position, but I just remember Isaac's tenacity blocking up against him as a gunner his rookie year. But being with him in and out of practice, knowing how difficult it was to put my hands on him in a press position, knowing how precise uh, he was in his route running, his ability to stretch the defense, but also be one of the best route runners I've ever seen. Also, given the respect to Terrell Owens, being matched up on him the entire game and seeing his maturation, him learning from the great Jerry Rice and putting it into his own style of play. And there are a lot of things that people may want to say about Terrell Owens, but when it came down to being a receiver that was the number one receiver that I had to match up against, he was that guy. And we knew if we limited his opportunities during the course of a game, it would give us the ability 
to eventually beat uh, the teams that Terrell was on. You played some of the greats, Harrison, Reed, Moss, Irvin, Rice, Carter. Who's the toughest receiver you ever had to defend? I get that all the time, and I tell people my answer has always been, it's not the toughest. It's if each of those guys presented unique opportunities. I'd even throw in a Joe Horn. All of those guys presented different challenges, and if you, if we had a lot of time, I'd tell you the unique challenge each of them presented that I had to be prepared for. But what I also would tell you, each of those guys, I could not be a Hall of Famer because they challenged my practice habits, they challenged my mental preparation, and get this, guys, they're the guys that helped me learn to overcome fear, and that means meaning at time having the doubts in my mind if I could even cover those guys. But the late Buddy Ryan thought I could, and in his defenses in 1994, I was the first corner that he assigned to the best receiver in any of his defenses, and that was at the behest of his son, Rob Ryan, who was my defensive back coach at the time. Aeneas, thanks so much for the time. And quick question, are we going to see you in Houston? Absolutely. I'll be there all week. Looking forward to it. I'll see you there. Terrific. Okay. We look forward right. to it as well. Thanks so much, Aeneas. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thank you, guys. That was Hall of Fame defensive back Aeneas Williams. And, guys, I think he's going to get his wish. Not exactly going on a limb here. I mean, one of two Rams should make it, right? Kurt Warner, Isaac Bruce. I say Kurt Warner makes it. Like I said, not exactly going out on a limb. Anyway, coming up next, we'll tell you who we think gets in. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Now, the reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. 